Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to the show. The podcast where we talk about TV shows with friends. And I'm here today with my friend Steve and all of our friends listening. And today, we are here to talk about I May Destroy You, episodes two and three. Steve, over to you. Thank you, friend. And thank you all the friends at home that are watching along with this show, I May Destroy You, and listening to this podcast. This is a real pleasure for me to watch this show with my friend Eli and all of you. I want to just say briefly that this is one of the most interesting rewatches of a series that I'd seen before that I can remember because I feel like it was so much to digest on the first watch that I almost feel like I'm watching it again for the first time because I don't remember or not picking up on so much. It's not so much like, ooh, I didn't notice that before. It's literally like, oh, wow, yeah, I don't remember what that character reveal is or is hiding like it's like i i'm i've i remember the bigger larger scene themes things that it brought up for me to think about but as far as the story goes it's a really interesting rewatch experience so that being said i want to just kick it over to eli to get some first thoughts and impressions and maybe scenes that stuck out to you from episodes two and three yeah, first impressions, lasting impressions. Well, they're very different, right? And mm. so, and I think in in contrast to the first uh, as well, as far as story and focus, um, we really, through three episodes, have some pretty interesting direction, right? So, we dive into two and, you know, as we touched on at the end of our last podcast, something's amiss the next morning. And two really centers on that, right? And honestly, what stuck out the most, the scene, and really what stuck out the most is actually the, I guess it's two scenes culminating in the final scene of two where Bella works her way back to the, I don't want, I don't know what we want to call her, the woman cheating with Simon. Mistress, sure. The mistress sure. who they're trying to legitimize it very sneakily. We now understand this. Um, both visits, you know, Bella going there and what her just flipping out and yelling at her. And then that final scene, I believe it's the final, yeah, the final scene of the episode, right? That's how two closes with Simon's actual girlfriend going, her opening the door and just, no, no, I can't do this now. And just closing the door. And that really stuck with me 
on a number of levels because I had just questions about like, what does she mean? Why is the girlfriend there? And it's very much not explained in that moment. Does she mean I can't do this like I can't hook up or I can't discuss that I'm cheating on your boy? You know, it's like, it's unclear. And then what stuck with me, I mean, both those scenes, very strong scenes, very like intense. We start to get some intense emotion coming out. And what stuck with me moreover was, what was the girlfriend doing there? And why didn't she say anything? Like the door just closes in the episode ends. And I was like, you go all the way over. We know that she doesn't live in, you know, the area they were out in, probably not that close to them. Anyhow, that all aside, I was definitely really uh, left with the impression of those scenes. And of course, to really confronts the stark reality of what, you know, may or may not have happened, likely happened um, the night before. And that's, of course, painful to witness. Um, however, really was those scenes and um, because that's sort of all we get as far as um, pulling the yarn in this, right, is she right, gets yeah, to that apartment. Totally. And we know something's amiss. We know likely this woman has more information than Bella about the night before. Right. It, it, it adds to the mystery and the overall black blackoutness um, that Bella is experiencing. Um, but it's a good point. The second episode, it really does roll one to two. And that's almost like a complete two-part pilot in a, in a way, if we look at these three episodes. I am glad you brought up her realization or the moment when it lands, what has happened to her land, because that for sure was the, the scene that stuck out to me the most was with the investigators and the patience they had in like kind of just asking her questions, like letting her say what she needed to say and be so caught up in not wanting to define it, not wanting to call it a memory, not wanting to like claim it as a real thing or something right. that happened to her and just the way in which the investigator sort of prompts her and leads her to then this question, you know, that thing around like, well, who else was there? And then you just see it all processing and you just see this crash and it, I almost find it too, just so much more powerful that she covered her face in that moment that um, she went into her shirt and you just saw the friend kind of being there for her and the reaction of the investigators and then moving right into this experience of the rape kit, the medical sort of procedure that follows and um, yeah. that land and really like this then reality of like her friends kind of knowing what happened and how kind of concerned everybody was. Yeah, and they actually, it's interesting because as you're saying that, um, I realized while one and two are a pretty consistent story, two ties into three directly, right? And there's yeah. a reason we go back in time to the story in three, and that reason comes up right around this realization in her friends, and we see this really tense exchange and moment between her and her best friend, Terry, 
when she says, you left me at that club in Italy, basically. And she's, I think we can assume that Bella's drawing the parallel between what Simon may have done and a previous experience, right? And it's unclear why in two, because we don't know what happened, but as we go into three, it becomes clearer, although clearer, although I think the question really is, is Bella trying to minimize what's happened at the end of one, you know, what she's realizing in two, through equating them? Or is she just like so hurt and confused she's just lashing out? Because that's what we do sometimes when we're hurt and defensive. Because as we get into three and we see what actually happened, it's really hard to blame Terry for any wrongdoing that night. And Bella actually meets Biagio. You know, it's like nothing bad. It's all fine. Yeah. It's all fine. And so... It's fascinating, and it is, like, the thread that brings us into three. Now, of course, we started, we opened the pilot in Italy, right? So that ties in as well. Um, But, yeah, you're right in that, you know, two's really a continuation of one. Three is a departure because it's a flashback. But the sort of meat of two that we were just talking about is what ties into three and what allows us to sort of go there um, you know, in that moment, because it's it's a little bit of a cliffhanger, the end of two, and it's a little hard to mm. not get more current story, right? So so we go into three and it's a yeah. flashback. You're kind of like, oh man, okay, I guess we need this. <laughs> you know, but like I wanna I wanna Absolutely. be in the present, right? Like I wanna know what's yeah, going so on. So as it's starting to unfold, you feel like she gets this lead when she gets the address and she goes and it's the mistress. So in this whole sort of misdirect and they, they certainly did a good job of like lingering at that, that dinner table after she took a picture of his Uber receipts, she had kind of a long look to the guy as to like, what is going on here? Like, why did she just take a picture of your Uber receipts? And I think that as a cliffhanger for sure is really interesting. And the, so what was cool is we've already been introduced um, to the Italian boyfriend and the pilot. And then now we get the kind of origin story of it. But I equated this thing around Bella and Terry and her bringing that up in episode two that you left me as a like, almost a place of being, so I feel like she was still so like inebriated because it was before she had really slept and this huge traumatic thing had happened. So she's almost like delirious, not knowing which time she was abandoned or like equating it to the previous time. Right. And then so, but it was a, a pretty unique scene in the sense of her not knowing at that time, the backstory or seeing three yet, right. When you're watching two, and watching Terry being like, I told you, like, I said goodbye to you. Like, this isn't that time and processing what's happened to her friend and really being heartbroken in, you're right. It's not, it's almost like somebody, like she's blaming her for something 
like that it's not connected. Um, but it yeah. definitely, the awkward audition that she went through, which could have been the most <laughs> audi- awkward audition ever. Terry and... Uh, I had a threesome really once. Yeah, <laughs> a, a quick, uh, I had a threesome once. Couldn't come up with that answer right away, but <laughs> that was like, the <laughs> goodbye, everyone. <laughs> and, uh, and she doesn't even say, what like, I found that's my freest, you know, she just... Yeah, <laughs> it's so, it's just so wild. And I've, was, um an actor and I've, I've done some acting and I've auditioned for, for film and TV before. And what I found interesting about this scene is the way the audition process now and her saying her IG handle and follower count. Like it's, you can't just be an artist. You can't just be like an actor who is this creative being who's going to go express themselves. Like immediately she's, being called out on her like social, re- you know, has to like show her worth in some virtual way, <laughs> supposed to yeah. a personal way. And then they, then they get into her hair. They just, the way in which she is broken down in that scene is brutal. It's yeah, just brutal. It's awful. It's awful. And of course it's around some feminist campaign. They keep referencing it. So I think it's a little more, you know, relevant those things, but Asking a black woman in an audition to remove her wig. Mm. I, I mean, geez, Louise, what a f- incense. Yeah, just horrible, horrible moment. And she seems to take it in stride. You know, there's bigger things. She kind of knows <laughs> the whole audition didn't go well. You know, it's like, fortunately, she doesn't seem to take it super personally um, or sort of like, be rattled by it in any way. Um, but yeah, it's a brutal scene. And yeah, we really feel for Terry on that one. And also kind of feel like Bella's sort of, in a way, sabotaged that a little as well. And, you know, I don't know if we want to talk, maybe get into three a little bit more and some of the stuff that happens, but uh, they have this very um, interesting layered, uh, you know, somewhat complicated friendship we start to see. Yeah, it was interesting. And I didn't, I never thought about it before how she was like getting ready to go to this audition and her friend just reveals this thing that she's not even quite understanding and without sort of inadvertently derailing her completely. So I didn't actually, I kind of looked at it more like, oh, that's an awkward audition. Like, how do you, like, I wasn't good at auditioning anyway when I just go read a scene. <laughs> and then just to go in and then have it. And again, it's different. You're right. It's a campaign. It's a commercial. It's yeah, more of like a statement as a, as a woman, but she certainly wasn't <laughs> in the right headspace for it and got really tripped up by that, that first question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you definitely get a, a sense as, as it goes into this flashback of episode three, where it was three months before Bella's in Italy uh, writing, working on her book, and the friend arrives, and the part that stuck out to me was as she was checking out the apartment, she's like, oh my god, two bed, two bath, this is so amazing, and she lays down on her bed, and she's kind of like, when am I gonna get, like, uh, like, when's a cool thing gonna happen for me, right, and then she, like, Bella lays on top of her, and, like, 
she's like, good things are happening for both of us. You know, like it's sort of this, this thing. I found that to be a very real moment, like friend to friend, like, mm. Hey, I'm jealous of this opportunity you have. <laughs> and I'm just going to tell you because <laughs> yeah. you're my friend. <laughs> and, but yeah, there was definitely some misalignment between them and the experience that Terry wanted to have in Italy. Bella feeling like she just kind of tapped into some kind of like local scene. And that's an interesting dichotomy. Like somebody wants to do a local thing. And it certainly paints the picture of a lifestyle of like how hard Bella parties, you know? And like yeah. she, in the first episode was like, just trying to focus. All she had to do was write overnight and not leave and go party. Right. I mean, this is yeah. then the story unfolds because she went out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's hard to see these first three episodes and feel like Bella is blameless in a lot of what has happened, but also in that relationship with Terry. I mean, I know in, you know, the whole audition thing, you know, in one, um, it's sort of inadvertent, right? But it's also born out of her irresponsibility and lack of self-control. And we see this in the flashback, so we know, like, this isn't new. And in the flashback, it's like, you know, Bella may feel like she's tapped into this local scene and wants to party, party, and her best friend is in town, and it's like, come to visit her. And she just leaves her. Like, it's pretty shitty. And I think... And she sneaks off into the bathroom, right, of the club. And keeps doing more drugs and more drugs. And it's funny, actually, <laughs> when they're recounting this in two, uh, you know, Terry's like, I told you. Bella's like, we were both drunk and on lots of drugs. And then she goes so far as to point out that Terry was only on three drugs, two of which were alcohol and weed, which aren't real drugs. And so she should have been the one to blow. And it's like, right. oh, really, really shitty stance. And then you get to see that night unfold. And I just have to, to say, it doesn't leave Bella looking great. You know, like these three episodes don't paint a great picture of who Bella is as a friend. Sure. I mean, for sure, that was not a good look to, she straight up just left her on the couch for almost the whole night until she was just like, I'm just going to leave. And then she winds up in getting attention from these Italian men and sort of goes off in this, in this other direction that she probably didn't <laughs> even necessarily getting scammed, in, but kind of like intend and she was scammed yeah and so th i think it adds to the slayer it's an interesting thing to point out because you're looking at like perhaps her being failed by this friend failed by this group of friends in the pilot in the inciting incident of the pilot episode for the series and then she herself being not only not a great friend to her best friend perhaps like but more importantly not not a great friend to herself and even the other friend, going back to the pilot, who was just like, turn your phone off. Don't go out. Like, he was giving her good advice. He was being a good friend. Absolutely. And she was like, her priorities are just not. 
She wasn't helping herself. Two really works. It's almost like a, like a detective story in a way, like this yeah. uncovering of what happened, the uncovering of her knowledge of what has transpired to herself with the investigators. Yeah. Um, that main investigator actress, she was on Ted Lasso. She's a really good actress. And um, I just rewatching that scene was really cool seeing her work and just the empathy and the compassion, the listening work she did in that scene was like really fascinating. Two really is everything really begins to unwind for Bella. And as she takes this journey, it almost opens up more questions than it does answers. So finding her way to the mistress's apartment, she's like, sort of thinks she's onto something with Simon, but it, but really that is about his track and his lie, right? And and when his girlfriend shows up at the end, that final scene you were talking about, yeah, which is just so weird. She's like, I just can't. And I and I kind of took that as like, I can't. I would just tell you that I'm sleeping with your with your boyfriend, but I'm just not gonna right now because I need to go to sleep or whatever. Yeah, but that to me reveals what it unravels is Simon's world. You don't, you don't really get anything about Bella and like what happened to her. So that is the remains even more of a mystery at the end of two. Which absolutely. Then they and take you three months back, and you're like, wait, when, when are we going to figure out what happened to her? Right, and Simon's so obviously lying, right, and. Hmm. You know, like I said, the title "Someone's Lying," and right, we go back to three, and we get more of you know backstory. Um, we get some important details filled in, right? Like how she met her Italian boyfriend, what Terry was referencing, and we also just get more of the same, right? Which is this hard, hard partying and. I find it a little difficult to accept why the Italian boyfriend likes her. He literally has just told her that his mom and sister died of heroin overdoses and he hates that he sells drugs and she does tons of drugs. And, and it also was definitely, as we kind of were saying, uh, hard to see... Bella in a more favorable light after her behavior, you know, that night and, you know, essentially not paying attention to her friend who's come to visit and just having her own agenda um, through a lot of three. And so it's interesting to, you know, as the show moves us through, you know, the story and the way it's moving, um, you know, at the end of one, I was saying I wanted sort of a little more info to keep, you know, me wanting to unravel the thread. And then we get lots and two, but then three is this flashback. And now we're sort of not sure what comes next, right? Like, where do they go? Do they go right back to present day? Um, so it's unclear at the end of three where we're going to go from here. Definitely. And just to bring up a couple more points, and we talked a bit in the last episode around the style of this show, the sort of pace, the movement. Um, and I feel like in it kept that reality or that style into two, 
to a certain extent. And with the audition scene and just bringing up how current it is and social media sort of plays a part in our world and in this world. I was just curious how, and then the flashback was just a different kind of a vibe, right? Cause you're in Italy and, but it was still like, she got the text, like I landed. There's still a very like modern style, to, contemporary style to this show. I was just interested to see like how all that landed for you after three episodes and what your impression of the show is. Yeah, I thought it kept very consistent with one in that it's very firmly, you know, modern, um, present day, and all of the, yeah, social dating at like all the digital internet 2.0, 3. Point, you know, just like it very much puts you in this like super current, um, young world and I actually thought three was great in that it does like really firmly continue that and yet it's cool because it's three months earlier right so Bella's hair is shorter um Mm. there are these subtle touches where it's almost like instead of like an actual flashback many years before where they'd maybe colorize it to make it look nostalgic. It looks glossier right. almost, right? Because they're yeah, in Italy. what's three months? That's not long at all, like yeah. 90 days ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I similarly, you know, to one, like wasn't, wasn't bothered by the devices or anything, you know, and I did notice the music in three. Uh, of course, they're like in Italy, they're going out. So it's like, uh, you know, obvious reasons to really have some strong soundtracking and accompaniment. Um, but yeah, I think they, they do a great job of that, you know, exactly what you're talking about, like keeping it really current and present without it being too much, too distracting, too devicey. Um, and in that way, it's like, yeah, very, very modern tale and, um, I believe you said it came out in 2020, but certainly could have come out this year, right? Uh, and could even be set almost in like 2024, right? It's like, it just has a very current, not quite futuristic, but very slick current feel uh, and look and the colorization and music. Uh, I noticed a lot in three, you know, two's a little more, as you said, detective noir, a little dark. The themes are dark. The revelations are awful and dark, but three takes us back into this Italy. Mm, mm, mm. And yeah, it was really cool to watch just visually. Um, hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you brought up some great points. And uh, you brought up an interesting point about, you know, the Italian boyfriend. And for me, I kind of took it in another direction. It was more like, when he gave that reveal about his mother and his sister made me understand maybe his being drawn to her a little more throughout that episode. It's just sort of like something pulling him towards her that he can't, but he wants, but he's, but then he says like, you need to stop doing drugs, you know? And she's like, don't be such a buzzco. So yeah, we are on this wild ride with Bella and I just think she's a really complex, somewhat wild interesting 
characters who's, you know, another thing that we haven't brought up is just riding this incredible wave right now in her life, right? So she had that sort of book that she wrote on Twitter, take off. She's gotten this opportunity now where she's been given money. She's been given this opportunity to kind of be a writer, be an artist. And I feel like we just see her so briefly, like in the outdoor cafe, like writing, right? Like sort of, you know, that in the, from the first episode of the pressure cooker of like trying to pull the all nighter in their space, in the publisher space. But this idea that she's really at the beginning of this career that, you know, has a lot of interesting archetypes and, you know, things to it, you know, but being a writer and being out there, you know, like, so she's sort of embodying that more romantic idea, like that Hunter S. Thompson version of being a writer, right? Where, so she's like living it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's sort of her time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Eli, now that we have watched three episodes of I May Destroy You, now is the moment of truth where you get to decide if we are going to continue watching the first season. Or not. Or <laughs> not and pick a new show. Ooh. Wow. Well, this is a big moment. I'm a little nervous about this. And I'll just get right to it. I'm out. Wow. I'm pulling the ripcord. I'm out. And mm. I think there were hints this was coming and something I actually said uh, in our last episode of The Last Man on Earth uh, is really coming through here. And so while I think this is a really well done show, um, I've got no interest in Bella or her story yet. And hmm. I'm sure if I watched more, that would change likely. Um, and I hear some of what you're talking about about her, and I think that's partially just differences in who we are and experience, and that's partially because you've seen this whole first season. But I don't know why her friends like her. I don't know why her friends are so good to her. I don't know why her Italian boyfriend likes her. I don't know what got her here. She references a book on Twitter, but we don't see any of that. We don't see her working. We don't know anything about her history. We don't know anything about her family. And for me, it's just not, there's not enough to follow her story. And, you know, what I was talking about is referencing Breaking Bad and, um, and shows where there's an anti-hero that I really can't get behind. And it leaves me actually um, not wanting to follow the story because I'm just worried, scared, uninterested in what's going to transpire. And so I realize now in this moment, it's our first show we're bailing on that three episodes isn't necessarily always enough maybe, um, but it is where we are. And I think this is partially where we are right now in the world. And I know you had some reticence on picking such a heavy show on the heels of a network comedy. And so maybe the timing 
isn't great, and maybe we revisit it later. Who knows? Um, but I do have to firmly say that I don't want to press play on episode four. Gotcha. I just okay, and that's, I can't do it right now. So yeah, that's you're right. That is your prerogative. I think I hear you, and I remember the the thought from the end of Last Man on Earth around Walter Wright, and I think it's important to make the distinction. Bella and I may destroy you, not necessarily or not an anti-hero, but I hear your point that there hasn't been enough established or shown in her to get one invested. What I think, if unless you were sort of captivated by the situation and the question of what happened to her, that would probably be the main reason to plus, press play on four for you main character is very important and your investment in the main character to continue watching episodes of a show has to be at a certain level and it's just not a certain level and you know what there's no judgment here am i a little bummed that i picked the first show that we're now calling quits on yes (laughs) (laughs) i would i have gotten feedback from people in my life when they found out i watched this show other um, uh, women specifically in her life like wow you watched that whole thing and there were like I was like yeah and they, I was told of a lot of guys that couldn't hang with the show just because of the subject matter and that's what made me more nervous about this experience so it's it's kind of quite interesting that you're actually out for um, structural reasons involving the main character not so much the actual plot and content and, no, and the way no. it was actually made in and really, I think if a little more was revealed in these first three, either about the incident or about Bella's backstory, I may have, right? And it really right. is like coming out of three, just like, man, I got to be honest, I don't like this person. I just don't. Yeah. Like, she just seems like, sure, she's young, she's having this moment, and great, like, great for her, but, like, I don't want to hang out with her. And. Right. That is, as you know, as we know, that is subjective, and we are not trying to be objective here. Um, I have nothing bad to say about the show. I think it's a really cool show. Like it's really well produced, written, acted. It looks cool. You know, we've talked about those elements, and this is really story for me, and. Hmm. It is somewhat, you know, just to do with timing. and uh, But moreover, here on Shows with Friends, I love to have fun watching a show with friends. And this didn't get me there. And it would feel like a chore to keep watching this first season right now. So we're going to switch it up, Steve. And we've never done this before. Okay. So it's a uh, new territory, and that means I have got to just right now tell you what show I think we can pivot to. And so I had to really go a different direction from anything we've done before. And not that I'm afraid to tackle you know, intense subject matter. I mean, I think if people have been listening, they know that we are down for anything as long as it's... Uh, an amazing, you know, quality, fun, whatever it is, has redeeming qualities, great acting, great production. So 
just completely in every way, Steve, I'm going to take us somewhere else. Let's just go to space. Steve, have you seen the sci-fi series Dark Matter? No. 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 All right. Oh, sci-fi. I should have thought of that. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're just about to dive in, so let this not be the last, because I love sci-fi and departing from a very current, very intense, very heavy emotional three episodes, uh, I felt like this was a good, still action-packed, right? It's sci-fi. You know, there's going to be some action. Yeah. Um, but a very different tone and space. And uh, I don't even know when this originally came out, um, but I found it post-release streaming. I believe it's still on Netflix. Uh we will look that up and edit that if that's not correct. But assume <laughs> that we can watch the pilot okay. of Dark Matter on Netflix still. Dark Matter. All right. Dark and Matter. To all our friends at home, we moved on from I May Destroy You. Eli made the call. But at home listening, it's up to you. You're welcome to watch the rest of that first season of I May Destroy You. That's right. It's definitely a worthy experience if you're up for the journey of it. And we are on this show going to move on to Dark what Eli Matter. Eli just suggested Dark Matter. And it's kind of exciting to also know that I'm going to watch a show I've never seen before and that it's sci fi because that really adds an element of like, I have no idea what I'm about to watch yeah. at all. And I'm going to be like way in, way into it. And it's going to be imaginative and wild and cool. So, yeah. Good, good pivot, Eli. And uh, perhaps, at the very least, I want to return to Michaela Cole because I think she's super talented and track down another show of hers and or whatever she does next and possibly bring that onto the show. Yes, indeed. And Steve, I don't know if this was intentional, but I did realize that your first three shows were all female-led shows produced and shot in the United Kingdom. Oh, whoa. I didn't realize that either. So accidental thematic elements uh, just popping up all over the place. But yeah, I'm excited to just shift the energy a little. Hey. Right. And move on. And we won't, you know, dwell in it. And we won't, definitely won't say, you know, anything bad. These are all great shows that we love. And sometimes the other person just isn't ready for that ride. And I think... It's great to actually have this happen because we have this temperature check and I was a little concerned actually the last show, the last man on earth. Um, so, you know, I think it's good to get this out of the way, rip off the bandaid and move ahead with a new show. No hard feelings. And we hope our listeners are excited to pivot into sci-fi with the pilot to dark matter. Dark matter. Okay. Well, thanks friends. We'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, friends. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts, and there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's Connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com.
Thanks for listening.